Black Women to Watch is on a mission to tackle the underrepresentation of Black women. We seek to celebrate those who are power rising through the ranks by amplifying their voices and their stories. These women run companies, transform industries, and are the very backbone of our democracy. Amazing in their own right, they are distinguished leaders, and through their journey, we uncover the keys of inspiration. As Vice President Kamala Harris said, Black women are often too often overlooked. And at Black Women to Watch, we're changing the game. Black History Month is just around the corner, and all month long, we're celebrating Black women who have turned to entrepreneurship. In fact, the face of female entrepreneurship overall is becoming a lot less white. According to Forbes, Black women represent 42% of new women-owned businesses. That's three times their share of the female population, and 36% of all Black-owned employer businesses. Today's episode features a Black woman in entrepreneurship whose journey began at a very young age. Jasmine Lawrence is the founder and CEO of Eden Body Works, a natural hair care and body care line that she began at just 13 years old. Over 16 years in business, her products are available at Target, Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, Amazon.com, and Sally Beauty Supply Store, just to name a few. Now, she's a scientist at heart, and she will share with us her pathway to success, insights for how she caught the attention of Oprah Winfrey, and some hiccups along the way. Hi, Jasmine. Welcome to Black Women to Watch. Hey, Lauren. Thanks for having me. We're so delighted that you're here and uh, cannot wait to learn so much from you about your journey, your pathway to entrepreneurship. But before we begin, we have a little bit of a ritual here at Black Women to Watch. We ask all of our guests to share their six-word memoir. And these are just six words that maybe describe your life, or perhaps it's an affirmation that you say to yourself daily. And it just really gives us a little bit of a glimpse into who you are. So I'd love for you to share what your six-word memoir is and why it's so special to you. Absolutely. Um, This really just came to my mind um, more than, oh my gosh, like two decades ago. Um, It's something you'll see on my website, you'll see all over Um, but it's find your passion, live your dream. And this means so much to me because I realize now at 30 that I'm very fortunate to have known at a very early age what I wanted to do with my life, uh, and that is serving, serving other people and figuring out what my strengths were, what my gifts were um, to to lean into that service uh, was something that came early. You know, I was always into arts and crafts and math and science. And so becoming an engineer, working in robotics, that has been my dream since I was an eight-year-old kid. Yeah, and I'm always trying to inspire other people. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. You can always find your passion and spend every day of your life living that dream, whether it's to serve others or explore or whatever it might be for you. But yeah, that's my six-word memoir, and that's what it means to me. That's great. Yeah, I th- you know, I think it's so interesting because I think a lot of people are constantly on this pathway to purpose and like trying to figure out what am I on this earth to do? And so the fact that you've been able to kind of discover so early on that something that's so crucial for you is service to others, I think speaks volumes to where you are on that journey and, and how you know so many of us are trying to get there. So I love to hear you say that. 
And so I think that's a, a great segue into talking about sort of how you got to where you are. And so I, I want to come back to age 13, which it sounds like that was when you really sort of began your introductory journey into becoming an entrepreneur. Take us back to 13-year-old Jasmine. What was it that gave you this idea of, you know, I want to explore creating my own product? I don't know too many 13-year-olds who are thinking about entrepreneurship, <laughs> and so I'm very curious as to what may have inspired that for you. Yeah. Well, let's be clear. I was a scientist, right? I was a nerd. I was always exploring things, watching shows like Zoom and Bill Nye the Science Guy. So I was a curious person. And when there were problems um, that I was facing, I would always do experiments. I was always putting things in the freezer. But it wasn't at 13. You know, it was 13 is when I feel like I got the guidance and the clarity that starting a business is a great way to make an impact in a problem that you see in your community. And that message came to me um, during a business camp that's hosted by the Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship. Wow. At the, at the time, they were uh, running these summer camps for underprivileged youth in, in urban areas, um, helping them be a part of changing their communities from the inside out. But it was earlier for me. What really, I guess, gave me the gumption to believe that I could do something was my uh, desire to have a positive impact on the lives of women, specifically Black women, because of uh, the trauma that I had been through and losing most of my hair uh, from a relaxer at age 11. Now, I'm sure every girl has experienced some shedding or some breakage or even some scalp burns or back of the ear burns from the hot comb, but it was devastating for me. I felt like losing my hair meant losing my beauty, and that was the foundation of my identity. After years of being in pageants and you know being one of four girls and just the pressure that society puts on women to look and act and be a certain way, I wanted to start a company that gave women the tools that they needed to create an identity that they could be proud of, regardless of anybody else's rules, and use that as a stepping stone into their lives to make a difference in empowering them to do other things and pursue their dreams, like I was saying before. So what makes you think, I'll make my own? <laughs> I just figured if it's not out there, do it for yourself. And now I understand other companies are interested in buying your products, like Walmart. We meet with Walmart later this month to... We're going to propose to them our jojoba collection, which is our new line. When, when you talk about the role that hair plays um, for you and, and kind of how devastating and traumatic that experience was, I mean, I think so many of us, you know, especially Black women can relate to that. I mean, hair is often the center of so many different topics, whether it's what is the impact of my hairstyle when, it, when I go to work being able to um, have sleepovers with friends that maybe are not of the same culture or background. I mean, hair is such an important topic. And so I think we can all relate to that experience that it sounds that you described, which is you lost hair. And for you, that was a really defining moment. It, had, it came with a lot of emotions. And so it really created an opportunity for you to leverage your passion for STEM to try and find a solution. So walk us through that solution. You, you've gone through this experience what makes you lean on your passion for science to really do something about it? Yeah, it was just the lack of understanding that I had of what I was putting into my body and what I was putting on my body. And so I tried to read all of these complicated names and they didn't make any sense to me. So I went to the library because this was like early 2000s and Google was not what it is today. And I got these books on natural ingredients 
lavender, honey, peppermint. These are things that I knew I could understand. I could see, I could eat. And uh, my parents let me use my allowance to buy different ingredients and mix these oils and herbs and spices to create a solution for me. I learned, you know, what the properties are and what the benefits are of these different ingredients. And honestly, I just had a big spreadsheet and a long, long word doc of formulas and combinations of, okay, this says it will soothe itching. So I'm going to put this on my scalp word itches. And it started with just leaning into the ingredients and being very ingredients focused. But then I realized I need to drink more water. I need to get more protein. I need to actually start exercising more. And it just became this holistic uh, lifestyle change. But you know, I can't put a lifestyle change in a bottle. So what I can do is I packaged up a, a hair oil um, where the foundations were jojoba and sweet almond oil. And I use that oil every single day to help heal my scalp. And I changed my behaviors and just started telling my story and trying to use this, like I said, as a conversation starter to, you know, what areas of our life can we transform to get closer to the reality we want to be living in? That's incredible. I I love that. Um, And so inspiring. And I imagine, you know, along that journey, there was probably a lot of discovery. It sounds like you knew the science. It sounds like you knew how to find the solution for your specific problem, but building an empire is something completely (laughs) different. And so I'm curious, how did you get up to speed on that? How did you, did you invest in consulting with mentors or other entrepreneurs? How did you find out the business aspect of really becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah. See, that's a great question. I thought I was done, right? When my hair was growing back and I was healthy and fit and, you know, doing sports and just being a teen. I was super excited. You know, I just got accepted into an engineering academy at my high school. Like things were going great, but it was that business camp. It was that business camp that told me that what is going on in your life? What are the hardest parts about what you're going through? What do you see other people in your life struggling with? And there was just, it's just like not a day that I could look in the mirror and be like, I love this person. You know, it was constantly that I I didn't have this and I didn't have that when I'm comparing myself to other other people out there. And so they supported me actually after the camp in an like a year-long incubator program. And one of my uncles, Brian, he drove me two hours from New Jersey to New York every single week to take advantage of these pro bono legal and financial services that they were offering in their office in Wall Street. So they were just adults, you know, two, three times my age volunteering their time to support me and to help me, you know, avoid some of the issues that young entrepreneurs uh, face. And then the, the other half, I'll, I'll be honest, it's just by doing it. I went door to door to my neighbors. I went door to door to different stores. You know, I went to a Walmart and I was like, how do I get these on the shelves? And they were like, honey, no, that's not how this works, you know? And I, I learned about distributors. I learned about UPC codes. I launched a website. I literally went just to conferences, career conferences around the country, you know, with obviously with my parents, just figuring it out. That's really how it happened. And uh, it was at a Black Enterprise Conference, actually, where I was nominated to be a teenpreneur of the year, a competition that I totally lost, by the way. But in the crowd were representatives from Walmart who heard my pitch and were inspired by my story and said, hey, you want to come pitch us in um, in Bentonville in Arkansas? And I said, oh, OK, I'll go for it. Uh, and that pitch led to my first uh, regional deal, which led to a nationwide deal, which got the attention of Oprah. And, you know, she has this golden touch. But, you know, long story short. I just did it. You know, I just went for it. And when I didn't know something, I asked questions and I was very fortunate enough to have this 
community through uh, NIFTI, the Net Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship, to bring people into my life who could, um, you know, mentor me, like you said. Yes. Oh my goodness. I am like so inspired right now. I, th I think your overall takeaway is like, you just got to do it. Um, and you kind of put yourself out there. You, you, you talked about how you lost that competition. I think we've all been in situations where you try and maybe you fail or you, you don't reach the goal that maybe you had set out for, but it opens the door for other opportunities. And to your point, that's how Oprah, that's how you got into Walmart. I mean, I just, I, I love that. And I think all of us can apply that to our lives. You really just have to get out there and do it. And I think the other thing you talked about, shout out to Uncle Brian, mom, dad. It yeah. sounds like it really took a whole village. Absolutely. It really did. My sisters were my first employees. My mom was such a cheerleader for me and, and my dad as well. I mean, they really, the way that they raised us was that we could do anything. You don't know the bounds of what you can do until you until you try. And so my parents just said, yeah, I'm, I'm using my allowance to try and do this thing. And they were my first investors. My mom and dad gave me a small loan to buy dozens and dozens of bottles when my local uh, Winslow Beauty Supply Store said, yeah, we'll take a case. Or when my local hair salon, where they've been doing my hair since I was in middle school, was like, yeah, we'll put some on a shelf. You come here every two weeks. Like, yeah. And so it really was a community. It really was a community effort. Even some people in my neighborhood, after we were on the Oprah show, we had thousands of orders, thousands of orders. This was probably one of my biggest entrepreneurial mistakes is that I did not anticipate my own success. I didn't know what being on the show would really mean for me. And they don't warn you that, oh, hey, maybe people will be interested in what you're talking about, but thousands of orders. And so people from my school after school would come over and help pick and pack packages for customers all across the country and all across the world. And I just, I couldn't have done it without my community. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe in the power of community. I believe in the power of network to really just help you, if nothing more, hold you accountable. And so I love that your entire community sort of played a part in helping to bring this to fruition. You know, I think one of the things that I like to try and highlight is all paths to success don't always equal just a, a very smooth and frictionless process. A, a lot of times we go through hiccups and hurdles, um, missteps and the like. I think you've spoken about some of those. You know, you, you did a pitch competition. It didn't turn out the way that you want, but it opened a door. Has there been along your journey a moment where you would say, oh my gosh, that was such a learning moment and I hate to think about it, but I'm all the better for it. Like, was there a big defining moment in this journey that that has really just made you a better business leader, a better entrepreneur, et cetera? Yeah, it's a, it's a constant struggle, um, balancing a career in tech and a career as an entrepreneur. You know, it's really tough depending on which domain I'm in. They're asking me, which one of these is your side hustle? I'm like, well, it's not really a side hustle. It's kind of a full-time job. They're both full-time jobs. And uh, I would say it's the, the challenge, most challenging part for me. I, I can't, it's a hurdle because this is my personal struggle is leaning into either career more in different seasons, right? So there were times when I was working at Microsoft where there's a huge, huge product launch and I need to be in the office every day, sometimes 12 hours a day to get this thing done. And that means I'm not available for my team at Eden. Do you know what I mean? And then there are times where like, like last fall, Eden just launched our Lavender Aloe collection during that time, I was probably taking, you know, three-day weekends every week to make sure that I could be available and accessible to the team, that the packaging was right, that the blah, 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 blah. So it's just like they both kind of take time from each other. 
And I just imagine that this is what parenting is going to be like, where one of your kids might be sick and the other one might have a baseball game and you've got to decide, you know, how are you going to split your time when it's just you? But luckily it's not just me, right? My, my VP, Y. Lori, is just such, uh, such an anchor through this. And the rest of my team, they step in in those moments where I need to step away, you know, whether it be for my other job or sometimes for my own mental health. And this is a struggle where I think this question that other people typically pose to me, which is when are you, when are you going to choose? When are you going to choose one? And sometimes I think not choosing has been to my detriment, but in reality, in both jobs, I get to do the same thing, is loving people through creating things that meet their needs and you know, letting them see themselves in the world in products that matter for them. And I, 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 I don't know how to choose. I don't know how to choose between that. Yeah, I think that that one, you really hit it, uh, the nail on its head. I mean, I think I, I can think of several people in my personal network that are struggling with that journey right now. And I think you're right. I mean, I think there's so many people that do kind of make it seem like you have to choose. And maybe for some, th- there comes a day where you do make a choice. But I also believe for others, like that may not be the case. It sounds like you have a passion for Eden, which, is, which has played such a, a critical part of who you are and, and who you've become. But your work in STEM is also authentically you. And so wherever you decide, I, I look forward to watching your journey continue to unfold. And I think your vulnerability in that in that fork in the road, I guess I'll say, it is uh, going to help so many people who are also struggling with that very choice or decision or, or, or understanding what the future looks like for them. So I, I, I'm, I'm grateful for you to be for being so transparent. And I, um, I know I speak for so many people who are trying to do this entrepreneurial thing. You know, to your point, it's not like a part-time gig. When you run a business, even if you have a, a normal nine to five, like you're doing both full-time. And I think that acknowledgement is the first way to being able to find the balance. But uh, yeah. we wish you the best in that discovery. Thank you. I, I'll add one more thing because I know that, you know, we want to talk about these struggles so that we can we can find the wisdom on the other side. Being in tension between these two roles has freed me of a mistake that lots of entrepreneurs make, right? The business is their baby. They want to do everything. They want to make sure that everything is up to their, their perfect standard of them doing it themselves. And I quickly quickly learn to delegate. I quickly learn to vet people and figure out who I could trust to handle uh, these different responsibilities that used to be solely mine. Like I literally used to mix every ounce of every product. I used to print every label. And now I just, there are people for that now. There are people whose responsibility is to get that done. And, um, you know, we check in and, and there's mentorship, but like, it's like we were talking about with community before, you don't have to do it all yourself you can let other people step in and help. And that's that's really where the growth of, of my brand has come from, is, is leaning in and, and partnerships and connecting with others to, to help accelerate things. That's great. I love that. I, I want to talk a little bit about what we spoke about briefly earlier, which is this idea of, you know, for Black women, the topic of hair plays such a crucial role in our identity, but it's often the center of discrimination, particularly in the workplace. And so when you think about the business that you run with Eden and the life you live as a as a tech employee and we're we're seeing things like the crown act really making a difference from a standpoint of of really standing up and encouraging the, each of these states to to make a law against discrimination of hair but this has been decades of discrimination for a lot of women and, and caused this feeling of needing to conform. I mean, I think, you know, the straight hair, the relaxers, I think we've seen a dr- drastic shift away from that. 
and I think, you know, more acceptance in the workplace, but hair discrimination still exists. And so my question for you is, you know, as you think about the ability for your brand to play such a crucial role in helping people take care of their hair with products that are um, increasing the health and the quality of their hair. How do you also think about your business's corporate responsibility to, to being a part of this movement and to help Black women show up fully and authentically themselves? I mean, you and I have both worked in tech. We've actually worked at some of the same companies. It sounds like at different points, but you know, I think you often hear the buzzword of like showing up authentically you. And I think it's always such a jarring phrase for me as a Black woman because it's like, sometimes you feel like you can only go but so far. And so I'm just curious as to like, when you think about the role that this, this mo- what's happening right now, this moment of things like the Crown Act and these honest conversations about the ability for people and women of color to show up authentically them means radical acceptance of the natural hair that grows out of my head. I'm just curious about your thought on that topic. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's all, it's all real. It's all true. I'm super grateful for the Crown Act. I actually live in California, so we're one of the states that have passed it. And um, it's, it's just a, it's just a difficult thing, right? Like, I don't expect just people to be like, okay, fine, I guess I'll accept your hair now. But, you know, there are so, there's so many stories you hear about people, even children, just having to go through these, these horrible, this horrible treatment or being denied opportunities because of their hair. And that's just, I know we can't control our genders, like we can't control our skin colors, like our, we can't control the, the texture of our hair that comes out of our head and, and just the animosity that it incites in other people. It's just, it's mind blowing sometimes. But yeah, our, our physical identity is definitely the first thing that people judge, right? It's the first thing that they see. But more than growth of your hair or more than, you know, shiny tresses, um, my mission with Eden is is that we want to come alongside women and creating an appearance that they can be proud of, right? Not because it meets some external standard of beauty, but because it literally embodies all of the things that they love about themselves. With my story, it was definitely a change your hair, change your life kind of moment for me. And I, and I want that freedom for other people. I want that confidence because you carry that into the way that you show up, right? the the risk that you take in speaking the way that you want to speak and raising your hand and advocating for yourself and putting yourself up for promotions like when you man when you look good when you feel incredible in your skin you just get this power that no one can take from you and you know I can't stop people on the other side from looking down on your or discriminating against you but what I can do is not let you shrink yourself just to fit in to make other people comfortable. I also love the concept. There's a oh man, I can't remember her name. We'll have to put her in the show notes or something. Uh, there's this group called the NAP Ministry, and they uh, use rest as a form of protest, taking care of ourselves, loving ourselves, pausing, breathing. And, and I want the same thing for women with their hair to express themselves as a form of protest, to be who they are, and, and see what that's going to change for the generations after them. But I, I, I will say, I know it's not easy. But yeah, for all the folks who have come before me, my parents, my grandmother, who said yes to me doing this for myself, I, I just, I want to take steps forward with the community. Amazing. Yeah, I love that idea. And bringing it back to wellness and restoration and all those things are, are critically important. And I, I don't think we talk enough about them, particularly in our community. Um, So definitely, I hope that our listeners 
take that and run with it um, because I think it's something that we all need to practice on a day to day. So I love that. I want to give you an opportunity to um, let us know, you know, what you have going on, what's next for you. You do so many different things. You're running this full-time business with Eden. You're working in tech now. You know, when you think about your next chapter, 2022 and beyond, how can we support you? What's coming up next? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to um, to share. Um, yeah, I'm still very much thrilled about the launch of Lavender Aloe. It is our line that is focused both on self-care and growth. Like I said, we have this personal mission to obviously support you with your care concerns, but also with your concerns as a woman. And so, you know, resting, self-care is not selfish. Um, so I'd love for people to check that out, to share their stories of, of how they rest, how they relax, and to treat and pamper themselves. On the tech side of the house, I am at a company called Everyday Robots. We're making these learning robots. And so there's so much for me to learn as well. So um, I definitely see myself being here for, for quite some time building the future. I'm really looking forward to uh, joining together with my Forbes community. Uh, I was on the under 30 list in 2017 and just spending the entire month of February in Bermuda co-working uh, with some other entrepreneurs. I think that's going to be a very inspirational time for me to do some strategic planning and to continue to think about what international growth looks like uh, for Eden Body Works. And just lastly, I'll say I'm always listening for feedback, whether it's about me personally or about the company and the brand and how we can better meet people's needs. So I would encourage anyone who hasn't to reach out to us across social media, you know, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it happens to be, and, and tell us your story, tell us your struggles, tell us your needs so that, you know, we can be better equipped on what what it will look like to to come alongside women and support them and just living their happiest and healthiest lives. Amazing. I love that. Um, I can't wait to hear what comes of the, the retreats and the conferences that you'll have with other entrepreneurs. Because again, as you said earlier, that community is so critically important. And I know only magical things happen in those collaborative conversations. So I look forward to seeing the next chapter. Before you go, one final question for you. You know, I, one of the things that we often like to talk about and just kind of think through is, you know, when we think about the young men or young women who are listening to this podcast and hopefully learning so much rich information that will hopefully inspire them to do amazing things in their future. You know, I think you're one of the few guests that we've had on this podcast kind of talk about entrepreneurship at such a young age. And so I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about maybe what the young girls or the young boys who are listening, uh, you know, what they can do if they're interested in a career in STEM or perhaps becoming an entrepreneur? Like what are some of the things that they can get involved with um, early on or maybe that their parents are listening to um, who want to get their their children involved in this type of uh, work or understanding if that is an interest of theirs? Are there any maybe shows or podcasts or communities that you might recommend for um, young men and young women who are interested in a career in STEM or entrepreneurship? Because we know both of the, in both aspects people of color and specifically black people representation in those spaces are growing rapidly year over year. And so we want to continue to encourage young men and young women to explore fields in, in STEM and in entrepreneurship. So any advice you could offer to those who are listening? Absolutely. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but Career Karma is a really great kind of tech career development community that is just all the rage right now. I'm super, super proud. I actually founded um, by a black man um, out of the Bay Area. But if you're even earlier than that, it's not yet 
time for a job and you just want to do some skills development, there are so many programs like uh, Girls Who Code, Black Girls Code, and even Code.org, uh, where they have programs that are either in your local community or even online that you can take to try and develop those um, those technical skills. I I really love online learning. So platforms like Udacity have been really helpful for me, and they have a lot of both um, tech, like some of the some of the top tech careers, like being a product manager, being a machine learning engineer. Uh, up there, they've got courses there for free, and some that are paid. But when when I think about it from the entrepreneurship side, I would say if you're a kid and you want to start a business, like make your intentions known to your parents. Like sit them down and have a conversation. Show them your business plan. If you don't know what a business plan is, uh, Google one. Or actually, if you go on the Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship website, they've got resources about putting together your first business plan for free that you can download, as well as something that's called a business model canvas, which helps you paint a picture of how your business might have impact on potential customers. Let's see, uh, there's there's another one. Uh, for women, uh, Bank of America has partnered with Cornell University, and they actually have been offering a certificate in women's entrepreneurship. I took this over the pandemic with my mom, and it is phenomenal. It's like a, a micro MBA uh, where it teaches you everything from how to fund your business, how to find uh, customer needs, how to do marketing, so many things, like I said, equipped with templates that you can download, but it also comes along with a rich and thriving community of other female entrepreneurs who are just out there um, trying to do the same thing that you are. But lastly, I'll say to think about it uh, during your youth, how you spend your time. And um, I came up with these three Ps when I was in college because I had more time than I expected to. And uh, the first P is personal. Make sure that you are investing in and taking care of yourself. That's that's your health is really all you have. And, and it's the full well that allows you to pour into others. Uh, the second P is philanthropy, making sure that you are finding times to volunteer, to give back, to to share out of your abundance what you have. And then lastly, the last P is professional. Get exposure to different career paths, um, ask questions, go to conferences, uh, listen to podcasts, do whatever it is to take a step forward in your career and, and use the gifts that you've been blessed with to make an impact in other uh, in other people's lives. That is all I got for you today, Lauren. Oh my gosh, so many helpful nuggets. That that was a lot. Thank you so much. I love the three Ps. I think we can all, no matter what age you're, you are, um, I think we should all look to make sure that everything that we do aligns with each of those three, because I think that's critically important to ensuring um, not only that you're, you know, taking advantage of your talents and skills, but also that you're giving back to the community. I think sometimes people forget that piece, and I love that you included that there. Jasmine, thank you so much for ta- spending some time with us and sharing your journey and the vulnerability of also sharing some of the missteps along the way and the things that you're still trying to figure out. I'm a huge fan of your brand and I'm, I'm grateful for you to share your story and your journey to entrepreneurship. And I can't wait for other people to learn from you as well. Thank you so much, Lauren. It's been an absolute pleasure for me. Thanks so much for checking out another episode of Black Women to Watch. We hope that you're leaving with helpful nuggets of inspiration that can propel you even further into your journey. Now, if you like what you heard, take a moment to follow us on Instagram at Black Women to Watch and leave a comment sharing your feedback on this episode. And also share this episode with all of your friends so that they can be a part of the conversation as well. 
If you have an idea of a guest that we need to host on this show, be sure to visit our website at www.blackwomen2watch or hit us up in the DMs on Instagram and let us know who we need to invite on this show because we're always looking for more transformational inspiration that can help us all in our journey. Another episode is on the way next week, but until then, stay inspired. Stay inspired.